0: You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in
1: motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find that full of surprises. It's not over yet. No, there is another.
0: Hello Star Wars fans, you're listening to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars Episode 7, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Battlefront, and all that other exciting new stuff coming up in the Star Wars universe. And we have a lot of it to talk about today. I'm your host Kyle, and as always I've got my co-host Tim with me. How's it going Tim?
1: Hey Kyle, doing good. Maybe a little more tired the last few days staying up late and getting up early trying to follow all the Celebration Europe news, but it was definitely worth it. I mean, I can't, it's going to be exciting to talk about all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we definitely have uh, a lot of big stuff to talk about. No uh, no big casting news, actually, uh, which I think a lot of us were looking forward to and expecting that we might finally get some news on that. But uh, speaking of which, before we get to Celebration, let's, uh, let's kind of wrap up a few other Loose bits that have been floating around recently, Um, we'll kind of cover those first and then get to the big celebration stuff. And although we never got uh, casting news, we did have some casting rumors that were kind of prominent in the media uh, these past couple weeks or so. And uh, a rumor came out that Ryan Gosling and Zac Efron were being considered for roles in Episode Seven. Um, And I think the rumor going around was that, um, you know, that they had both auditioned, that they were being, you know, seriously considered and that Ryan Gosling was going to play Luke Skywalker's son and that Zac Efron was going to play one of Han Solo's kids. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously still just rumors. And since then, uh, Ryan Gosling's representatives have come out and, you know, denied that that rumor was true. Uh, no word on Zac Efron. But again, you know, we never heard anything officially that these were true anyways. So um, still, she's just take them with a grain of salt. But, you know, what did you think about those rumors when you first heard them?
1: Yeah, really, I didn't have too much of a big reaction over it. I know actually online and on Twitter and all that stuff, there's a bit like fan outcry that Zac Efron was being considered for just because of like his old, I guess Disney movies or high school, I think it was high school musical He's famous for, wasn't it? Yeah. And then that just caused an outroar with fans saying how they won't see it if he's in it. Like, how can they do this? Disney's already ruining episode seven and all that stuff. But it's like, for me really, i would never seen any of his movies, either Ryan Gosling for me. So I can't really judge it as a, the performances, how they would be just as actors since I have nothing to base it on. So it's really, I mean, if they're casting it, I'm sure JJ J. Abrams would have his reason for casting them for, for a particular character, so I really wouldn't have a big reaction to it if it was like either positive or negatively, just because I have nothing really to base it on. But I will say I don't like to judge casting choices until I see the movie. I did that before with uh, when Heath Ledger was cast as a Joker. Was I ever dead wrong about that? <laughs> so ever since then, I've never been someone to like go crazy if there's a casting announcement that you really didn't expect. So. While this would be definitely some actors I wouldn't expect to be in the movie, I wouldn't really consider it to be a negative or anything. So but like you said, just rumors for right now. We'll just see if it ever comes to fruition. So just hoping eventually we get some official casting rumors soon. Or not official rumors, but official casting announcements.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, I kind of agree with what you were saying about how, you know, it's kind of pointless to just, you know, kind of jump the gun and judge a book by its cover. Yeah, you know, and, and judge a performance before you actually see it. I mean, I I don't think I've actually ever seen any of Zach Efron's stuff. I never saw High School Musical, but I was kind of hoping, I was like, eh, you know, I hope they don't cast this guy in it who's, you know, has all these Disney fangirls and stuff, but I mean, if they did end up casting it, I think I commented on this on, uh, you know, I posted a comment on the article when IGN posted it or something like that, and like you said, a lot of people were, you know, sort of up in arms and were like, oh no, they better not cast these guys. And I said, look, if Zac Efron's in it, the best that can happen is that he surprises everybody and is actually really good. And the worst that can happen is that he's bad, but not bad enough to ruin the entire movie because it's Star Wars and there's still going to be tons of other stuff to love about it. You know, I'm sure there'll be some other great characters and actors and some great battles and visuals and John Williams music and all that kind of stuff to enjoy. So I mean, I don't think any one casting decision is going to make or break the movie anyways. But I was like, if they did decide to go with that, I mean, like you said, I'm sure J.J. Abrams would have his reasons for it. And with Ryan Gosling, too, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I have seen maybe like one or two movies that he's in. And he seems pretty good. So um, I was like, you know, that's that's an interesting choice. Maybe not one that I would have thought of. But um, he certainly, I think, looks the part. As soon as they mentioned that he was going to play Luke Skywalker's son, I looked and I was like, you know, I could see that happening um and then i mean like we said that rumor has uh his representatives have said that it's not true although even uh rumors that get uh you know they get debunked nowadays i still kind of take that with a grain of salt too because originally jj abrams said that he wasn't gonna direct (laughs) episode seven and then he did so i mean even you know with the uh that rumor that came out a while ago that Zack Snyder was going to make like a samurai Jedi movie. And then they said that wasn't going to happen. I'm like, "Eh, that could still maybe happen. You know, I'm not keeping my hopes up for it, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if that ended up happening. So, I mean, you know, I'm just kind of keeping the possibilities open at this point and just waiting to see what they do with it. And like you said, hoping for eventually some actual official casting news.
1: Yeah. That's a good point too. Like, like you said with JJ Abrams, really debunking the rumor about him just as, as as fans you really shouldn't dismiss anything even if it does get debunked because with this project like who knows what's going to happen you're going to be hearing tons of rumors and some may be true some may be not true and then ones that aren't true end up being true so you just never know what these crazy rumors but then again, yeah. that's half the fun—is looking at all of them and then speculating what these rumors are all eventually going to end up when we see the movie. So
0: yeah, and you know, it's not like JJ intentionally like lied or was trying to yeah. deceive us or anything like that. I mean, I think at the time he genuinely thought, like, look, this would be nice to do, but I think I'm going to pass. And then you know, later Kathleen Kennedy came and talked him into it. And change his mind, but still, you know, it just kind of goes to show that anything can happen. And if Lucasfilm really wants somebody, then maybe they're going to go after that person, even if they had already said they weren't going to do it. So, um, you know, nothing's official until we see it on screen, I guess. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see what they do.
1: Yep, hopefully soon we'll find out. I think in that article, too, I also mentioned that because uh, the report came from Latino Review, they're the ones who. Uh, had that rumor. Also, they said that Leonardo DiCaprio was actually had a meeting with them for a role, but he chose uh, not to be a part of it because he would rather be a part of the Robotech movie project that's coming up. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. If that if he actually was the first choice that they had for a role, because I remember way back for episode two, he was rumored for Anakin for the longest time. And huh. now he still seems to be popping up in the Star Wars rumors. Yeah, that could be interesting.
0: I mean, it's funny because a lot of people have talked about how with the original Star Wars movies and even, even with the prequels, they went with a lot of unknown actors and um, you know, so some of these names they're throwing around now kind of seem like they might be um, you know, too big of, you know, popular names that you uh, you know, could kind of have a hard time seeing them in a Star Wars movie just because, you know, we usually don't have really popular actors, especially in the lead roles I mean, um, you know, Liam Neeson and uh, Christopher Lee and some other people like that obviously already had big successful careers. But, you know, the main actors like Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and uh, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman and all those kind of guys, you know, they had done stuff before Star Wars. But that was kind of really where their career took off, it seems like. Or, you know, for some of them didn't really take off afterwards. But it's like that that was one of the first big roles that they were known for.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think to the, like, Zach Efron and Ryan Gosling, I mean, people know who they are, but they're not, like, the biggest Hollywood stars that are out there right now. Who were, like, if you saw them in a Star Wars movie, you may because with certain actors, you may have that thing where, oh, I'm not seeing the character, I'm just seeing this particular actor in this movie. I don't think with them, you'd have that same feeling, because I don't think they've been in too many movies where you would recognize them from and then have that same feeling. So it's kind of maybe more like, I would compare it to Ewan McGregor when he was cast as Obi-Wan because I heard of him and, and he was like, I think it was the, around the time Train Spotting was like his biggest movie. So you knew who he was, but at the same time, he wasn't like this big Hollywood uh, superstar actor who everybody knew and like it would be, it wouldn't be an unknown, but it would be some mega star. It was kind of in the middle. So that's kind of how I would compare it like to the Ryan Gosling and the Zac Efron thing just how well they're known. He's not like superstar, but at the same time, not relatively unknown, kind of in the middle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, um, it, it does seem like they're maybe a little bit more popular, even if they haven't done quite as much. Um, I mean, I mean, I think you, you've got a pretty good point, as far as comparing like the amount of work that they've done and stuff like that. But it just seems to me like those two guys get a lot more media attention than Ewan McGregor does. Um, I've just, yeah, seen them, you know, kind of pop up a lot more on websites and seeing girls swooning over them on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So um, you know, I, I, don't know that they're necessarily big name actors, but they're definitely big name celebrities. So, uh, but again, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, uh, who JJ and Kathleen and all those people think are best for the roles. So, um, but yeah, like you said, hopefully we get some news soon. Cause I think we were all, uh, looking forward to getting some, some news out of celebration, but that didn't happen, but I'm sure we'll get some, you know, at least fairly soon.
1: Yep, the D twenty three is only like two weeks away. So <laughs> yep, I'm
0: crossing my fingers for that now. But uh, so another rumor we've got well, this is actually um, I guess it's actual news, but we don't really know what it means. We can kind of speculate about it. Is uh, there's a new website domain or something that uh, you know Disney and Lucasfilm have registered? They've been registering all these domains uh, for websites around the name Star Wars Attack Squadron. And sort of all these different variations of it, you know, Attack Squadron and Attack Squadrons, plural with an S, and with Star Wars in front of it and, you know, .net and .org and just all these different variations on it. So it seems fairly obvious that this is some sort of, um, you know, big Star Wars project that might be coming up, either, you know, a video game or a book or a TV show or something like that. I think a video game seems like the most obvious choice because we know they've got you know a movie and a video or a movie and a TV series already in the works and it doesn't seem like they'd be too anxious to jump into another big one of those real quick but um you know obviously no details on it yet at this point except that we know it's the name of something that's probably in the works somewhere Um, And, you know, we we talked about this a while back when a bunch of other uh, domain names got registered. And I was kind of saying, you know, that I didn't really put a lot of stock in it. And that sometimes they'll do this just to, you know, throw fake names out there and throw people off the scent of what they're really working on. And then I know one of those domain names was Rebels, and I thought, oh, it's, you know, Star Wars Rebels, that sounds kind of generic, and I doubt that's a real one. And it turned out to be the <laughs> next animated show that they're working on, so this one I'm kind of, uh, you know, paying a little bit more attention to because I was proven wrong last time.
1: Yeah, I'm still hoping the, that Wolfpack domain name ends up being true. <laughs> <terms of> <laughs> now but You know far- what? I think Dave
0: Filoni just wanted to keep that as his own private website. <laughs> You're probably
1: right. <laughs> But as far as the Attack Squadron, I, I agree with you. It sounds the title just sounds like a video game, whether it'll be like Battlefront Attack Squadron, kind of like how they had those spin-offs that was on like the PSP. Maybe it'll be something like that, or just a total new game. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. But I definitely think it's going to be a video game. Just the title just screams out video game for me for some reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. And not only that, I'm gonna go and make kind of a bold prediction here. Because for some reason, Attack Squadrons, it doesn't really strike me as the name of like, you know, a big Xbox release or something. I mean, you know, you can tell me what you think of this if you feel differently. But it kind of sounds, I don't know if I want to say generic or, you you know, it doesn't sound like they're trying to do anything too big with it. It's just like Attack Squadrons. It sounds kind of like an obvious name, you know, so it almost sounds to me like it might be a smaller game like an online mobile game or, you know, like an online browser game or a mobile game that they might release on iPhone or Android or something like that rather than like a big, uh, you know, a big console release. So, and maybe this is just me hoping because I might have mentioned this before, but I like playing Star I like playing games on my iPhone and there are not nearly enough good Star Wars iPhone games out there. So I'm predicting slash hoping that this is going to be some sort of mobile game where, you know, maybe there's some sort of space combat involved i don't know but um you know i just thought i'd throw that out there because that kind of you know it didn't really strike me as as a name that you would attach to like a big uh, a big console release but i could maybe see that as a uh, as a mobile game or an online game
1: yeah, that's a good point i could definitely see that too i mean maybe it's something that will tie into battlefront somehow because uh just going off there's a dc game by injustice gods among us there's a retail game Then they made like a companion game for it that was just for mobile phones. And and I have it. Yeah, you play that, you unlock costumes for the main console game and vice versa. So it'll be something like that where they release Attack Squadron first before Battlefront. And the more you play that, maybe you can unlock certain skins or weapons in the main game. That would be something I think would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah,
0: except I th- if they released a Battlefront tie-in on iPhone, I would have such an unfair advantage when the actual Battlefront came out because <laughs> <laughs> I would play that thing
1: nonstop. I know it'd be hard to stop playing <laughs> because sometimes I played more of the iPhone version of the Injustice game more than the console one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't
0: get too into that one, but then again, I don't have the uh, I don't have Injustice for consoles, so I wasn't trying to like unlock stuff for the uh-huh. main game. But yeah, I did play that one a little bit on my iPhone.
1: But yeah, I definitely agree. That could be something that they're going with. Just have just be a smaller game and maybe tie into something bigger. Yeah, that'd be cool if they do that.
0: Yeah. Well, again, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. It wasn't too long after the last batch of websites got registered that we heard about Star Wars Rebels. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll hear about Attack Squadron sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, I know there's not really any more big video game shows after E3 at least out there like in the United States I know there's a Tokyo Game Show in the fall but I don't think that'd be somewhere they would announce a new Star Wars title there. So. Yeah, well I
0: think there might be a couple more. I know there's um there's Gamescom but that might be in Germany or something Yeah, that's a exactly pretty big one. Yeah. I think. And then there's uh the Penny Arcade Expo and I'm not sure it's funny cuz I know about all these video game shows cuz I always, you know, hear the news coming out of them but I can never remember when any of them are um and you know if it's before or after e3 but if either of those are later this year uh we could hear some stuff there the other thing too that i'm looking forward to and this is a little bit later on but every year on uh spike they have the annual uh vgas the video game awards which you know it's kind of like the oscars or whatever where they have you know game of the year and best xbox game and best ps3 and best graphics and voice acting and all that kind of stuff Um, But also, they tend to use that as a big big platform for announcing new games, and they usually have at least a handful of, uh, you know, some cool, like, announcement trailers for big games that are coming out. So I'm hoping that at the VGAs this year that we get an announcement for one of the other uh, Star Wars games that EA is working on, because we know they have at least one other game in development besides Battlefront that they're, you know, not ready to talk about yet. Or, you know, I'm hoping we get that and or um, a new trailer for Battlefront, you know, whether it be a longer cinematic trailer or maybe some first gameplay or something like that. Uh, might be a little early for gameplay, but I don't know. Depends on how fast they're working on it. But yeah, I'm definitely hoping... that. I'm yeah. hoping we get some new Star Wars stuff out
1: of there. Yeah, that actually wouldn't be too surprising for me because it was a few years ago. It had to be 2009, I think, at the VGAs where they actually had the first trailer for Force Unleashed 2. It was like a big mystery. You know, the, the latest new Star Wars game is going to be, be premiered there and end up being Force Unleashed 2. So they have done Star Wars games in the past. and Now that you mentioned that, I, I'm pretty confident that so there's going to be some Star Wars games there that's going to be shown. Maybe it's a new Battlefront trailer or a new game announcement, but... I think there's definitely going to be a new a Star Wars game shown there. Good yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny. I, I remember very clearly that announcement of the Force Unleashed 2 because um, I went on like Facebook or Twitter or something afterwards and, you know, they had been teasing this big reveal and hyping it up and nobody knew what it was. But, of uh, you know, obviously everybody was hoping, you know, oh, that it was going to be... Battlefront 3 or Republic Commando 2 or, and see, this is kind of where I had uh, gotten some of my experience from the whole domain names thing before. Um, They had registered a domain for something called Star Wars Legends and there was a rumor going around that that was going to be a, um, you know, that that was going to be the game that they were announcing and that it was going to be a Star Wars fighting game. And uh, of course, you know, that ter- turned out to be just something to throw everybody off the ch- off the scent. And then I was like on Facebook or Twitter afterwards, after they had announced the Force Unleashed 2 and, uh, you know, one of the LucasArts developers had posted, you know, wow, we were, you know, nobody guessed that that one was coming. And, you know, we surprised everybody with Force Unleashed 2. Nobody guessed that. And I was like, yeah, because nobody wanted a sequel to that game. I mean, it was great, <laughs> but it did. Like, I liked the first one, but it didn't need a sequel. You know, you wrapped up that story, and everybody wants Battlefront Three more than anything else. So, yeah, we weren't expecting Force on these two, but um, yeah. So, hopefully, we uh, you know get something else like that this year and get uh, get a reveal of a new Star Wars game.
1: It's going to be forced at least three. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that.
0: I mean, now that they've made a second one... See, the first one wrapped up nicely and didn't need a sequel. The second one ended on a cliffhanger, and then the third one got scrapped and just kind of left you hanging with the ending. And so, you know, if they're if you're going to make a two, you might as well make a trilogy. Like, if they're if they're going to make a third one, that I would be okay with, because I'm like, now that you've made a second one and left it with a cliffhanger ending, you might as well wrap that ending up. But I don't think that's highest on the priority list. Um... But, you know, maybe that'll happen at some point. And if it did, I would play it. But I know we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, regardless of what they announced, you know, we're going to be excited for it and buy it. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: But, uh, and speaking of Battlefront, the last um, sort of non-celebration related news that we have is um, just an update from uh, Frank Gibault, who's the head of uh, EA Games. And he was talking about, Um, Just sort of in response to the Battlefront announcement from from E3 and how there hasn't really been any news or progress updates since then, um, he was kind of just saying in this uh, conference call with uh, some other EA people, saying that, you know, the game is on track and that they're working on it at a good pace and, you know, things are moving along smoothly and quickly. So it almost made it sound like... um, you yeah, know, like maybe some people had been worried since we hadn't heard anything since E3 that maybe the game was having problems or something like that. I didn't get that sense because I was like, obviously, they're early in development yeah, on it. So it's not like I was expecting to see, you know, screenshots or a gameplay trailer like the week after E3 or something like that. I'm like, I'm just going to be patient and let them take their time and make it awesome and, you know, show it to us when they're ready. So, I mean, I wasn't worried about it, but I guess if anyone out there was worried that we hadn't heard anything since E3, well, now you can stop being worried because they're still working on it and it's still moving along. So, um, yeah, hopefully they're uh, making that an awesome game.
1: Yeah, same here. That worry never even entered my mind as far as having problems or trouble like I said they just announced it and plus at the earliest they said the Star Wars game would be early or spring of 2014 at the earliest so I wasn't expecting to hear any more news or footage or screenshots or anything like that probably not till the fall or something or like we just talked about at the VGA's maybe that's the time they want to premiere it so yeah that was definitely not a worry I had but at the same time it's at least good to know that things are moving along nicely and on schedule with it so yeah. In, In fact,
0: <laughs> I, I I wanted to give a a quick shout out to a couple of our Twitter followers who uh, let me go find this real quick. So I'm actually on my own personal Twitter page and not our podcast one. But uh, yeah, when I posted this news, I kind of put a uh, put an Emperor Palpatine quote with it, and some people replied, and we were going back and forth, like quoting the whole scene. But. Um, Let's see where was that? Yeah, this was 27. So Saturday night, and I said, "Good to know the emperor doesn't need to show up in person to get things back on schedule with Battlefront." And I posted a link to that article. And then uh, Apex Fan, who is uh, Justin Bolger, he follows us on Twitter, I guess. And then also um, Herman 22, um, just says Hermy but yeah we were uh you know kind of going back and forth with uh, some star wars quotes having some fun with that uh, bit of news so yeah, um, you guys pretty much
1: uh, tweeted the whole intro for return of the jedi
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so so thanks to you guys for for keeping me entertained on a late night at work Um, Yeah, he said DICE doubled their efforts long before the official announcement at E3. Battlefront fans are not as forgiving as COD fans are. (laughs) And I said, no, we're not. But I like EA's optimistic appraisal of the situation. It's not like Battlefront fans are asking the impossible. Although we do need more men, as in 64-player online matches. And then Hermie jumps in and says, this conversation is getting ridiculous. Please get some control. You must learn control. (laughs) And then... uh, I responded to that and said, me, control my excitement about Battlefront. You want the impossible. And then Hermes said, LucasArts not making a new Battlefront game fast enough. That is why they fail. <laughs> and then I just kind of ended it and said, yeah, I can't argue with you there.
1: Yeah, you guys go from Return of the Jedi, then *Sandfire Strikes Back, all seamlessly too. Yep. <laughs> it all works perfectly. Yep.
0: And see, that's what I love about Star Wars. There's a quote for every situation. Yeah. This just happened to be, you know, Star Wars quotes relating to Star Wars news, so that's kind of Star Wars quoteception, I guess. But, you know, I use Star Wars quotes all the time in everyday life, and yeah, I how, enjoy
1: it. As Star Wars fans, how can you not? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, I think that's pretty much all the other odds and ends we have to wrap up. So, Tim, what do you say we jumped into all this big news from Star Wars Celebration Europe too?
1: Yeah, let's do it. This is where the fun begins.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, you want to start us off with the first uh kind of first big piece of news we had from the first day.
1: Yeah, so first off, the true fairly true first big announcement I would say was the uh, Clone Wars Season 5 Blu-ray and DVD set finally officially got announced. And also, which was kind of surprising is that uh, the the release in a box set of all of the whole series actually, all 5 seasons in one box set that looks really awesome. I just love the cover of it. You got all the clones lined up on there, and then you got like Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka on the top. I just love how all the clones are lined up on that box set. Just that alone makes me want to buy it. (laughs) And What's going to be unique to that uh, complete series box set is it's going to come with a new Clone Wars art book that looks pretty cool. Some never-before-seen concept art for the show is going to be in there. So overall, the box set looks really cool. Even if you have all four seasons like I do, and I'm pretty sure diehard Clone Wars fans ever have the Blu-ray sets, or they downloaded them off iTunes or something. To me, this still looks like something I would still want to get, even though I have them. But probably the one disappointing thing about this announcement was that no mention of the bonus content being included in either just the Season 5 set or in the complete series box set, which to me, I was a little disappointed by that, because they're still trying to figure out a way to release them, and it's either going to be released on, like, released at home through DVD or Blu-ray or to download. I don't see how many other options are there. So if they're doing a complete series box set, I thought that would have been the perfect way to get those bonus contents out there because it could just really be an incentive to buy that complete series box set if you do have all four seasons already and you don't want to buy the complete box set. But if they had the bonus content on there, it definitely, I think, would have been more intriguing for fans to pick that up. So was a little surprised they're not included on this. and. I kind of feel they're missing uh, the opportunity to have that complete series box set sell better because you know it would if it had the bonus content there. And it just makes me think again, when are we gonna hear something about the bonus content? How many different ways could they try to figure out how to release it? So I was a little surprised that it wasn't on there, but nonetheless, it's still cool to see the season five finally coming out and the complete series box set. It's gonna be on October 15th. So just a few months away, definitely looking forward to it. So still, trying to debate if I should get just to season five or try to splurge a little, and get that complete series box set because I really want it. But financially, I don't know what's going to be possible, but I'm definitely going to try it to save up and get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know, as far as the bonus content, I mean, I, I'm kind of split on it. I mean, like it, like you said, it definitely would be nice to see it on there, but at the same time, I kind of feel like this is sort of like a neat little packaging of like sort of the official Clone Wars series, Um, you know, all five seasons that aired on TV and, you know, we're not even sure how many bonus episodes they're going to be, but it's not like they could include a full season six in there. So, and especially, I mean, you know, even as as they're calling it bonus content and it kind of gives it the feeling of being like outside of the regular series, I guess. I mean, I don't mind them not including that in the bonus content, but I hope that we don't have to wait too long after these are released for the bonus content to come out um, cause you know, I mean, if it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray and it's a separate Blu-ray outside of the, the box set, I'm like, that doesn't really matter all that much to me cause I'm still going to buy it separately. And, uh, you know, I don't care if it's like part of the box set or outside the box set as long as I get to watch it. But, um, I mean, as far as the box set itself, like you said, it does seem really cool. I haven't actually bought any of the, uh, any of the Clone Wars seasons on DVD or Blu-ray yet. I do have a lot of the episodes on iTunes. I have like all of seasons one, two, and four. I have most of season three except for like a few of the less exciting episodes at the beginning of the season. And then season five, I finally decided I was going to wait for the Blu-ray. I still bought maybe about half the season on iTunes because I didn't want to wait that long to watch it again. But um, I didn't buy all those episodes on there. But now that the uh, now that the season or the whole series box set is coming out, and that didn't really surprise me that they're doing a whole box set, but it was kind of a nice surprise that they're that it's coming out at the same time as the season five box set. I guess I didn't expect that to come out till a little bit later. But uh, with that coming out now, instead of just getting season five, I think I want to try to get the whole series on Blu Ray because even though I've been buying the episodes on iTunes, I've been thinking it would still be nice to have them on Blu Ray because it's. Um, You know, even though I get the episodes in HD on iTunes, the Blu-ray quality is still a little bit better. You also get the full picture. It's like even more widescreen that they crop a little bit on uh, iTunes. And then, of course, you get all those behind the scenes, you know, deleted scenes and bonus content and, you know, character models and all that kind of cool extra stuff. So, um, yeah, that is definitely going to be on my Christmas list this year. That whole series one through five box set
1: looks pretty sweet. Does the iTunes version have the director's cuts on there? No, no. That's the uh, other thing. The other reason, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, well, I mean, there are some episodes that are director's cuts, at least I'm assuming, and I think maybe you've told me about this, or Jason or some other people that I've talked to, um, that there are some episodes, you know, that you that aired on TV and then you see them on the Blu-ray and there's maybe, like, a couple scenes on there that you, would like, never even heard of before or something. Or, you know, that they just sort of added some stuff back in there. But then there are episodes where you know, kind of everybody knows or at least the hardcore fans that follow this stuff, you know, it's it's out there that that episode has been sort of censored or something. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is in ARC Troopers in season three when um, there's a scene where Ventress like kills an ARC Trooper and she like lifts him up off the ground with the force, brings him towards her, stabs him with his lightsaber and then like kisses him on the cheek before she turns her lightsaber off and just drops him to the ground and they cut part of that Uh, cut part of that scene when the episode broadcast on TV and you can find that full scene on YouTube and watch it. But, um, you know, I, I was disappointed that they didn't put that back in with the, uh, with the iTunes release. The iTunes episodes are pretty much exactly what you get on TV and they never, you know, put any of that kind of stuff back in there. So that's, you know, obviously something I would like to see, even though, like I said, I've seen that scene on YouTube before. It would be nice to see the full episode, you know, the way it was originally intended. And I know they did that again with some of the Darth Maul uh, episodes from season five with some of the more violent scenes in there. And uh, so when I saw those and heard about the uh, the deleted scenes and stuff, I was like, man, I'm glad this season I decided to wait for the Blu-ray because some of that stuff sounds like it's going to be
1: good. Yeah, you have to see all the members of Black Sun's bodies fall on the table. Without exactly. <laughs> Especially
0: because the first time I saw that episode, I didn't even quite catch the fact that he was, you know, that Savage had decapitated all five of those guys. I thought he just got the one guy at the end of the table. So it would definitely be better to, you know, see that full scene play out.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, or if you watched the trailer that they had for the season five Blu-ray set, it's pretty much exactly the same uh, trailer that they show for season five at uh, Celebration uh, six, but the only thing that's different, they cut out all the s- scenes that were apparently in the Clovis arc with that uh, red clone trooper shooting a bunch of battle droids, screaming out for the Republic, and all those a few little shots from that. Those have all been cut now because it's more than likely they're going to be part of the bonus content. But okay, I just thought yeah. it was kind of funny how they kind of pretty much recycled the whole season five trailer except for those few sequences. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't notice specifically that they had taken just those scenes out, but I did notice that, you know, they they advertised it as, you know, a trailer for the complete series one through five box set, and then you watch it and it's just a shorter, ver- you know, it's like a two minute version of the three and a half minute season five trailer that we got, you know, before the season started last summer. And then at the end of it, it's like you know, Star Wars: The Clone Wars season five coming to Blu-ray. Oh, and by the way, there's also a whole series box set. I'm like, that's not a you know, trailer for the whole series. That's a trailer for season five with the whole series tacked on. But you know, whatever. We've seen the whole series. We don't need a trailer for it.
1: Yeah, and also too, I like the box art it's with Obi-Wan in his Mandalorian armor on there with the lightsaber up Mm -hmm. i know some people were saying oh it should have been ahsoka this was the final season it was her big season and yeah i could see that but then again obi-wan in that armor still looks pretty cool though as a box cover
0: yeah that does look pretty sweet although i mean like you said it would be nice to see ahsoka on there too but the image of obi-wan wearing mandalorian armor is, is pretty cool
1: yeah it would go nicely right uh, beside the season four Blu-ray with Darth Maul on the cover.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, and that was announced at a panel where they were sort of, uh, it was with Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo, and they were talking about sort of the behind-the-scenes process on The Clone Wars. It's called Secrets of the Clone Wars, and they did this last year at Celebration 6, too, where they talk about stuff you know, behind the scenes on the show and all that. But, see, last year... It was sort of, um, you know, they were sort of going into how they had done some stuff in season four, and they might have given a couple of really brief previews of what might have been coming up in season five. But I mean, they saved that stuff for another panel where it was all about previewing season five. But now that the series is over, this uh, this panel that they did at Celebration Europe, they pretty much spent the whole time talking about what would have happened if the series had (laughs) continued and just all these stories. I mean, some of it was bonus content. Some of it was, um, you know, covering stuff that we will see in the bonus content episodes, like that clip with Yoda and Anakin and, um, you know, Plo Koon and some of the, some of the stuff that's going to be in there. But then some of it was also talking about, um, things that would have happened or that Dave wanted to see happen that they never got around to. And, it, it just broke my heart. I mean, yeah. especially because I had woken up, I forget what day this was. It must've been Saturday morning. I had to wake up early and, uh, was reading this stuff from the day before and, or maybe it was Friday. I can't even remember. What I
1: think day it, was it was Friday now. actually. Yeah, yeah okay. it was definitely Friday.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, and Friday morning I had to get up early too. I, so I woke up and was like still in bed and reading all these tweets on my phone of, um, you know, news from the uh, from the panel and just some of the stuff they had covered. And, you know, when when it's that early in the morning and you're only, like, half awake, some of this stuff, like, n- almost made me really upset. I was like, really? We could have seen Yoda and Wookiees together in an episode and we could have seen the episode, you know... Tie right into episode three and see what other characters were doing episode in episode three, just like I've been asking for and speculating about for like the entirety of the series. And now it's not going to happen. Why?
1: It makes you want to stay in bed for the whole day. The <laughs> yeah, <internet>. pretty much. <laughs> I, know, I felt exactly the same way, especially. Well, I, I should say the one that was I found most interesting was that what you're talking about how Dave had a story concept for how the series would tie into Revenge of the Sith. But it wasn't because the show got canceled. It was because uh, George Lucas uh, rejected the story idea. So that really got me thinking. I wonder what really that story was going to be if George Lucas didn't think it would work to tie in with Revenge of the Sith. I mean, he didn't really go into details as far as what that story was. But I just found it real interesting that it was something that George Lucas really didn't like.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that one that I'm was... not really
1: too upset about because we wouldn't have seen it anyway, even if the show was going on. But, yeah, the Yoda and Wookiee stuff, that would have been real cool to see. We could have found out why he has such good relations with the Wookiees.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think actually that thing that you were talking about with George Lucas, that probably hit me the hardest because I was like, why, George? You were supposed to be on our side. <laughs> you were the chosen one. <laughs> uh...
1: Yeah, it's like you think that'd been the end game all along to have it lead up directly into Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, and it, then to have episodes to have
0: episodes that take place during Revenge of the Sith and see what Rex and Ahsoka and other characters that we don't see in the movie see what they were doing during the timeline of the movie. I mean, that would have been perfect. And <laughs> I, been awesome. I know me and a lot of other people that I've talked to about it have been speculating about that and hoping for that as a possible end game of the series for like almost the entire time that the series has been going on. And, you know, so now it's like, look, Dave Filoni's on the same page we are. And George Lucas shot it down.
1: I know. I just want to love to be in that uh, writer's room meeting when they were talking about that, (laughs) just to be a little fly on the wall and then reacting to why George Lucas would say no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, there was some positive stuff during that Clone Wars panel that got revealed. Some of the bonus content stuff was... Uh, one thing that caught my eye was that it was said that Cad Bane's ship is going to appear in the bonus content. Yes. And I was like, oh, so does that mean we're going to get that Cad Bane Boba Fett art that's been talked about but never really confirmed to me as part of the bonus content? That's I mean, what really I'm hope hoping so for.
0: Yeah, well, and it's not just that that arc wasn't confirmed, but it was like right after the announcement came out that, you know, the Clone Wars was ending, but they were still going to try to wrap up some bonus content. Um, there were, you know, rumors going around, and I think this might've been on the force.net and they had like an insider who was, you know, a, a former Lucasfilm employee or a current Lucasfilm employee or somebody like that who said that, you know, we're working on a story arc that had, you know, Cad Bane and Boba Fett and Ara Singh and all these other bounty hunters. And it would have, you know, sort of wrapped up Bane's storyline, and it would have, um, or it may may or may not have said that uh, that Boba Fett was going to finally get his armor in that one. I think they did say that, but I could be yeah, it was, you know, remembering it wrong at the least. Yeah, but then they said that um, it was most likely that those episodes were not going to make it into the bonus content because they were too far off or they weren't going to be able to finish them up or something. So as soon as I saw that, that we were going to see Cat Bane's ship in the bonus content, that was the first thing my mind jumped to was, Oh, are we going to actually get to see that story arc? Please tell yeah. me we're <laughs> going to get to see that story arc. What and, also um,
1: gives me more hope about that too, was that uh, Pablo Hidalgo, who was also at that panel said that, um, They're thinking of ways to release the bonus content, and he said it may be outside the box, and also that it could include some unfinished animation. So maybe that's one of those story arcs that was close to being finished but didn't make it, but yet they're still planning to release it even if it's unfinished animation, which is fine by me. I just mainly want to see how that story unfolds.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, rough animation is fine with me because that can, I mean, as long as it gets the story across, it can still be really powerful. Yeah, I was just definitely. watching. I, I've gotten really into Doctor Who lately, and I was watching an episode of that. And, it, you know, it was, it was a pretty intense, emotional episode. And then I went on YouTube and found this deleted scene. It was like an ending of the episode that they had never shot. But it was basically just a storyboard with dialogue and music over it. And just that by itself was like more emotional than any scene in this already really emotional episode. And I was like, Wow, you know, just the fact that they can still get that story across even though you're not actually watching it play out is still pretty cool. So, I mean, you know, same thing here with Clone Wars. As long as we can tell what's supposed to be going on, I think we as Star Wars fans have a good enough uh, a good, um, good enough imagination that we can picture how that would have gone.
1: Yeah, and even on the Blu-rays they have those some deleted scenes that are unfinished animation. But with those, it's mainly it's not with the real voice actors, it's just uh some of the crew at Lucas Animation just filling in as voices, just as references. I mean, that's the only weakness of those deleted scenes, but if they had the real voice actors on there, even though the sequences are unfinished animation, it'll still work. I mean, some of those deleted scenes are still pretty cool to look at, even though they're unfinished. If it had the real vo- voice actors on there, it'll be just fine. So I thought that was pretty uh, hopeful that he mentioned that. So I think yeah. maybe we may get a few more bonus content episodes than we originally thought if they're going to go that route, but... Either way, it's, it's definitely good to know, at least you're considering that, just to hopefully just get those stories out there to the fans.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. And especially, I mean, since these are like the main episodes and not just deleted scenes that were maybe cut from the script or something, I would think that we will have the actual voice actors in there, even yeah. for some scenes with like unfinished animation, because we all know how far in advance they record these episodes. I mean, they do them, you know, close to a year in advance, So, um, and we've heard stuff from James Arnold Taylor and Matt Lanter and other uh, voice actors on the Clone Wars saying, you know, kind of hinting at what would have happened on the series or some of the things we would have got to see just by, you know, what they read from the scripts, um, you know, for recording those episodes. So obviously they've already recorded some stuff for those episodes before the series got canceled. So they, you know, they have those uh, that, you know, that dialogue to work with.
1: And I specifically remember, at least regarding that Boba Fett, Cat Bane arc, that around season five, I think Dave, Dave Filoni tweeted out a picture of the recording studio that had uh, Daniel Logan and Corey Burton like together in a booth, with, of course with other actors, but I don't remember who exactly, but I know those two were there. And it just makes me think that that arc did get recorded, and probably for the most part it is uh, finished uh, vocal-wise, vocal recording-wise, so... Like you said, I think for, if that one is going to be a story arc that has some unfinished animation, I think it will have the main voice actors, all their uh, dialogue completed on there. So I just hope it ends up being true. Yeah, <laughs> that that art yeah, makes I'll it. So. Another thing, too, that uh, I wanted to bring out was during that Clone Wars panel that Pablo Hidalgo, he also said, too, that um, even though we may not see um, some Clone Wars stories that were planned, since they may show up in other feature films or he or didn't say feature films, he just said show up in another film. So to me, I think it's good to know that in typical Star Wars fashion, nothing just gets thrown away and just if it doesn't work out, it's just gone forever. They just hold on to these stories. And if it ends up being something that's uh, worth looking into in the future, it's it's still there. So hopefully yeah. anything we may not got got to see in the Clone Wars, we may see in other uh films or movies whether it's live action or animated we'll see but it's good to know that there's still hope that everything they had planned we may eventually see in some different form or another
0: yeah and i mean when i read that i didn't quite know if he was talking about you know specific stories that they had planned for the clone wars that they might do another clone wars movie or something or if it maybe was just specific characters or maybe different elements of the story or the universe or something like that that might pop up in other places but I mean, either way, it would be nice to see that stuff again, Um, even if it's just some of the Clone Wars characters and getting resolutions to their story arcs or something like that. You know, It's just nice to know that they're not ruling out any possibilities yet and that that stuff could still maybe continue in some kind of form.
1: Yeah, and it's just great to hear because that stuff we've speculated as fans when we first found out that Clone Wars is ending, but yet we knew of the spinoff movies and all that. So I just think it's cool to know that they're thinking kind of the same lines as us as fans of how these stories may continue on in a different way. So to me, I think it's just uh, refreshing to hear that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now let's, uh, let's move on to uh, day two of celebration. And if you want to hear more details from that uh, clone wars panel and, you know, we've covered most of it, but I think Tim, you posted on uh clone wars podcast right? The whole kind of the whole recap of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just sort of all the points they hit and different things that they're talking about that will show up in the bonus content and, or, you know, stuff that would have happened and all that kind of stuff. There's a few more things that we didn't mention. So uh, you guys can check out the uh, the recaps of all the panels over there on Clone Wars, Clone Wars if you want to see all the little details that we didn't mention. But moving on to day two, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to wake up Saturday morning to the announcement that John Williams is officially coming back to score Star Wars Episode Seven. Which was announced on uh, Saturday during Kathleen Kennedy's, uh, you know, sort of her big uh, stage interview with Warwick Davis and her first Star Wars celebration appearance. Uh, she talked about how she had met with John and, and talked about it, and he has officially agreed to come back. And depending on the source, you get it from. Um, you know, I've I've seen some reports that say he's agreed to sign on for the whole sequel trilogy. And uh, the, the official article that they have over on StarWars.com just says that he's scoring Episode 7. I think, you know, 8 and 9 kind of go along with that. We can kind of make that assumption. Um, you know, I don't doubt that he's going to come back for Episodes 8 and 9, but I don't know if that's quite official yet at this point. But either way, I'm glad to know that we are going to have uh, more John Williams music to go along with our more Star Wars films.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, how can you not be happy about this news? I mean, there is those rumors going around that oh, if John Williams doesn't do it, is J.J. Uh, J. Abrams going to go with uh, Michael Giacchino, who's done all his other movies. And he, But when we got, I believe it was a few months ago where J.J. J. said, "Oh, for episode seven, it would, it would have to be John Williams who does it. But now to officially get it confirmed, and then watching that video that they specifically made about the announcement was really cool to see. You got John Williams saying, oh, I was going to be back, great coming back to continue on scoring the Star Wars saga. Then... I don't know about you, but when I saw that video and there was it showed little glimpses of Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, and J.J. Abrams just sitting together, and you know they're just talking about the story for Episode 7 and what it's going to be like. It just brought a smile to my face seeing that that Lucas and Abrams are t- talking about Star Wars Episode 7, which is really cool to see. You couldn't hear anything because John Williams was talking over, but to me, it just brought a smile to my face seeing that, oh, that right. Star Wars is continuing. You got Lucas there with J.J. J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. It was just awesome. I remember yeah. this was this got announced uh, our time anyway. It was like 2.30 in the morning. I was ready to go to sleep, but I knew Kathleen Kennedy's panel was going on, so I was like, I can't fall asleep just yet. Something might get announced. Are we going to get casting announcements or something about episode seven? So I stayed up, kept following the Twitter feed, and then, boom, this came up. So that John Williams has been officially announced. So I watched the video. It was just a great thing to end the night and go to sleep, too. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely excited to hear it. I just can't wait to hear more themes and more great music he's going to come up with. And hopefully he does end up doing the whole trilogy because it would just be perfect to have him score all nine episodes of the main Star Wars saga. I mean, if he's doing episode seven and then eight and nine might be somewhat different, it would just seem a little weird if he doesn't do all nine of them now. So hopefully he does end up doing all nine. I think he definitely would. Hopefully he stays healthy enough to complete it because it's going to be a few years down the line. So it's definitely exciting to have him back. So... That was yeah. definitely great news to come out of Kathleen Kennedy's panel, even though I saw some disappointment that, oh, we didn't get any casting announcement. with it, but even though it might not be as exciting as that, it's still definitely great news to hear regarding Episode 7.
0: Yeah, it is definitely nice to know that he's coming back. And um, it's interesting because, you know, like you were saying, um, people wondering, you know, well, if he doesn't do it, then who is going to do it. it? It's kind of been one of these things for me where, I mean, on, on the one hand, I've never really doubted that he was going to come back i mean i wasn't like holding my breath going man you know they're probably not going to have john williams back but i really hope they do you know i was like he's he's the obvious choice to go to and uh you know obviously i'd love to have him back and so it's not like a huge surprise or anything but even if they didn't go with him i was kind of interested to see you know who they would pick to take over and um you know, I, I guess if he didn't come back to score Episode 7, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for me, just because I'd be interested to see what someone else did sort of as a fresh take on the music. But, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily hoping for that. I just thought it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he didn't come back. But now that we know he is, I mean, like we said, I'm happy about it. I love the soundtracks for the first six movies, and I'm sure he's going to do a great job with 7 through 9. And... Um, you know, And like you were saying about that video that they posted, I mean, it's a great video to just watch and listen to him talk about his experience with Star Wars and how he really enjoys being a part of it. But seeing that image, like you said, of, of uh, George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams sitting there talking was really cool to see. And kind of the first thing that popped into my mind when I saw that was um, back at the at the Emmy awards when George Lucas you know was uh, they were interviewing him about having won the award for Clone Wars and then um, they asked him if he had talked to JJ Abrams about Star Wars episode 7 and he was like no JJ hasn't called me yet or something like that and so I was like well if he was being honest and he hadn't talked to JJ yet back then, well he has now, because we yeah. have photo evidence unless somebody, you know, unless it was just JJ Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy talking and somebody photoshopped George in there. But um <laughs> I, I, I think so. it it you know, I, I think uh yeah, hopefully that's a real picture and it it was really cool to see just the three of them talking. And you know, just looking at that picture, you're like, wow, that is a lot of filmmaking knowledge and experience right there and that is like three really smart and experienced people who are planning the next star wars movie for us to see and it's pretty exciting
1: yeah definitely and john williams even mentions that he's super excited about it but yet he hasn't seen the script or anything like that and he says that he kind of likes it that way too so he'll find out when he starts to compose it but yeah one of my favorite things leading up to the prequels anyway was getting that soundtrack for the movies like a month or a few weeks before the actual release of the film and just like familiarizing myself with that soundtrack and now to know that it's going to happen again with John Williams is going to be great because if it wasn't I'm sure whoever did the music would have done a good job but they're just probably would have been a part of me that I would wonder how would john williams would have went about the score for this but mm-hmm. now it's something i don't have to worry about so it's great <laughs>
0: yeah see i think i'm gonna wait until the actual movie comes out to buy the uh, to buy the soundtrack Although it, it it might be cool to listen to it ahead of time just because, like you said, then when those themes come up in the movie, you already know it and you're like, oh, it's this piece and you know, yeah. it's even cooler. But at the same time, I've kind of tried to stay away from it because there have been a couple movies where I've looked at the soundtrack ahead of time and it's actually given away like some minor spoilers about yeah. the movie. You know, Not because there'll be, a, there'll be a track title that's, you know the destruction of this or the death of that. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, now I know what's going to
1: happen in the movie. Dang it. Episode one, Qui-Gon's noble (laughs) end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fortunately, I got spoiled on that before I had the soundtrack. So I was spoiled before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I didn't even listen to the soundtrack before the movie came out. But I also was spoiled on on Qui-Gon dying in episode one and on Anakin getting his arm cut off in episode two. And that wasn't from, you know, looking at online previews or anything. That was just from being a kid and having other kids around me who got to see it before I did. And, you know, it wasn't like they came up to me and tried to spoil it. It was just I overheard them talking to other people and said, you know, oh, yeah, this happened or that happened. And I'm like, oh, dang it. Now I already know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember actually seeing a picture of that, of Dooku cutting Anakin's arm off. like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but, but um, so, yeah, John Williams. Great. And the The other thing that I woke up to that you didn't quite make it,
1: yeah like to,
0: all the way up to was the uh the rebels panel. It was funny because kind of all weekend Tim was staying up late, trying to you know get as many uh tweets and you know as much news and stuff as he could before he went to bed because obviously uh you know the celebration was in Germany, and it's on a way different uh, time zone than we are. And so he would try to stay up late as late as possible and catch the news. And then all three days this past weekend, I had to get up early for stuff. So then, you know, the next morning I'd be up at like 7 or 8, and I'd see, you know, stuff that happened overnight that Tim had missed, and I'd, you know, tweet it as soon as I could in the morning. And so I went on our Twitter page, and I saw that he had already uh, tweeted this stuff about John Williams, but I didn't see the Rebels on there, and I was like, oh, I guess I know when Tim fell asleep.
1: <laughs> but, uh, Four o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, so later that day we got the, uh, the first – uh, logo and concept art revealed for Star Wars Rebels. And, uh, you know, that was another panel with Dave Filoni. And, uh, you know, he talked a lot about how uh, the artwork of Ralph McQuarrie and, like, the concept art that he did for the original Star Wars films, how that's going to sort of influence the look of Rebels. And uh, they've released two concept art images. One of them I actually just changed to the uh, the banner for our Facebook page. But, uh, there, you know, there's one picture... With uh, this new ship called the Ghost, which is sort of like a Millennium Falcon-esque, you know, big uh, freighter ship, and it's in space flying away from some TIE fighter, you know, getting chased by some TIE fighters, and it's like above a planet, and there's some cruisers in the background. And then there's another picture of, and it's actually sort of like a storyboard panel almost, of a couple of TIE fighters flying over a planet that looks a lot like Dantooine to me. Yeah, I
1: got that same impression. A lot of people were saying it's Alderaan, but yeah, just like you, I thought it was Dantooine.
0: Yeah, looks a lot like Dantooine to me. If you've seen Dantooine in uh, in Knights of the Old Republic or in the original Clone Wars micro series, Um, you know, obviously there's no, you know, we didn't get any story details yet, so who knows? It could be some completely new planet, but sort of a you know brownish, greenish, grassy plains looking area with a couple of tall rocks sticking up. And then it looks like a tie, one of the Tie Fighters either gets shot down or crashes into one of the rocks or something like that. Um, so you know, not a huge, uh, not a whole lot of details revealed yet. But it is cool to get uh, a first look at it. And apparently there's um, there's a little bit more that was revealed there at Celebration that they haven't you know officially posted online for us yet. But um, they said they showed either a picture or a video clip or something of a uh, of a Stormtrooper. Like a CG rendering of a stormtrooper, like the models that we'll actually see on the show, and how it's sort of closer to the Ralph McQuarrie concept art of stormtroopers. Um, and I haven't seen that yet. Um, you know, I haven't yeah. seen what they showed there at the celebration. Just sort of uh, heard about that
1: they showed it. Those There are photos out there online. that You just kind of have to search for it. Oh,
0: okay. But I did, I did see out, the man.
1: Stormtrooper. And there was one of the Star Destroyed. It did look pretty cool. Doesn't oh, look, okay.
0: Yeah, I heard about the Star Destroyer, yeah. too. Yeah.
1: The Stormtrooper doesn't look exactly how a Stormtrooper looks in the movies, but it's not quite the Ralph McQuarrie designs, either. It's kind of like a mix of how they actually look, but yet they still look a little... Different and kind of in the early stages of, I guess, their helmet design. So I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely recognizable. You when you see it, you go, "Yeah, it's a stormtrooper," but okay, this cool. looks a little different. Yeah, we'll see, see if there's any tweaks so once the show is actually finished.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was hoping for because I was like, you know, it's cool that they're using uh, McQuarrie's artwork as a reference and not making it look exactly like the movies. But at the same time, I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't make it look exactly like Macquarie's work either, because that does look kind of different from how it actually ended up in the movies. And, you know, you want it to be recognizable and look like it takes place in the same universe as the film. So I, I like that they're kind of striking a happy medium there, but yeah, I'll definitely have to try to go check that out for myself and try to dig around. I haven't, I haven't really done much digging, looking for those. um, You know, I'm sure if I just Googled it or something, I could probably find it, but there was nothing in the official release.
1: Yeah, and then also during the panel, he didn't review a, a reveal a lot of new information about Rebels, but just little uh, points about the show that I thought were kind of interesting. First off was that uh, as far as the, the ship that goes, I guess that's pretty much going to be the twilight of this series where it's going to be the main heroes of the ship that they're going to be traveling on and getting into space battles with. And what do you think of the actual design of it as far as comparing it, I guess, to other ships like like the twilight or well i don't want to compare it to the falcon because it has no comparison i would say but <laughs> what's your overall opinion of it do you like well, it or? It's,
0: it's i i would say you could compare it to the falcon maybe not in terms of like oh is it as cool as the millennium falcon yeah, definitely. but um just in terms of the, it, it, the i think it has a certain visual similarity yeah um in terms of the color and some of the angles and stuff like that you can tell they're definitely going for a millennium falcon ish type ship
1: you know what I got more of a feel of it? I thought it looked more like the Outrider, Dash Rendar's ship from Shadows of the Empire.
0: Yeah, but even that I think looks – You know, it's yeah, you know kind where it's of similar from. to the Millennium Falcon. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it looks pretty cool. But the other thing that I think especially like even with the Millennium Falcon, part of the reason it's so iconic is not just because of the look of the ship, but it's because we've all seen the movies. We've seen it in action. We know – you know, how much Han loves his ship and how much work he's put into, you know, upgrading it and keeping the old, you know, hunk of junk running. And, you know, it's it's been in these, uh you know, it's not just that it's a cool looking ship, but it's been in all these cool movies that we've seen it in. So, I mean, you know, my, my first impressions of this ghost ship were pretty good. I mean, I think it looks pretty cool, but I think it's also kind of one of those things where time will tell based on the characters that use the ship and the stories in the TV series that the ship is in is also going to kind of depend on, you know, how much people like it, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a good point too. And speaking of characters, uh, they didn't reveal like any main characters or what the main characters are going to be. But Dave Filoni did say that, I think someone asked him, are we going to see any familiar characters show up in Rebels? And he goes, uh, that He didn't really give like the definitive, yes, you will, or no, you won't. He just said, uh, kind of like Clone Wars, there are going to be new characters in this, but uh, it's pretty safe to say that you'll see some familiar characters. So that's, I thought, good to know, even though we kind of expected it. But I always just enjoy hearing stuff come from his, Dave Filoni's mouth about stuff we should expect to see, even though it's stuff we all think. And then someone at the end, there's a Q&A, and then someone asked the big question I know that all Clone Wars fans are wondering. Will Rebels continue storylines from the Clone Wars? And there's a video out there, too, on YouTube that's, a, that's just filmed from a fan uh, videotaping the whole uh, Q&A session. And it's better when you see it, but Dave just says, I love all Star Wars characters, especially the ones I created. <laughs> but when you see his facial expressions and the way he's trying to avoid it, it just it's better to see it visually. You just get the impression that, yeah, I think we're going to see some Clone Wars characters show up on Rebels.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I certainly hope so. And uh, like you said, from Dave's reaction, it definitely seems like we're going to, um, you know, maybe we'll see Ahsoka come out of hiding and join the Rebellion. Maybe we'll see Rex in the Empire, or maybe he's deserted and joined the Rebels. It's funny because I was watching, um, I was just watching A New Hope earlier today with some friends, and uh, it kind of just hit me watching some scenes with Tarkin, and I was like, you know, I think we... Could probably expect to see Steven Stanton playing Tarkin in Rebels again, yeah. um, just because you know he's obviously around. You know, if if Darth Vader isn't in the show, I'm going to flip a table. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I think he's probably like one of the most obvious ones, especially if we have stormtroopers. I mean, come on, really? How yeah. can you not have Darth Vader in there somewhere? But um, yeah, I mean. I'm sure we'll have some familiar characters in there and I'm sure at some point or another, we'll see some origin, you know, some of the uh, original characters from the clone wars pop up again. At least yeah. I-, I think Ahsoka, if no one else, I mean, she's probably um, the one I would bet my money on. And uh, after her, probably at least one of the clone troopers that we know. Whether yeah, that be, I you think know, if anyone, or, it's be like or, Cody or somebody else. In fact, you know, it would be interesting to see maybe, you know, if Rex had deserted the Empire and joined the Rebellion and if Cody was still, uh, you know, leading stormtroopers and see those yeah. two face off against each other.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to see that. It'd make for an awesome story, story arc, even. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely a cool panel. We didn't get tons of new information, but just enough to get me more excited about the show. I mean, I can't wait for it to premiere next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. especially, I forgot that they're premiering it with a one-hour special. Yeah. So that's that's going to be cool to see.
1: Yeah, and hopefully we'll get a trailer for it sometime early next year. Because you mentioned that they really haven't done any finished animation yet, so it's still pretty early on. So mm-hmm. probably sometime next year, I think we can expect our really first look at it to see what the show is going to look like visually. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, like I said, going to falling asleep to the news of John Williams being announced and then waking up to the this new Star Wars Rebels information and logos and concept art yeah it's a great way to end the day then a great way to begin the day
0: yeah yeah i'm sure i mean the whole week one, weekend was great yeah. it's always great getting new Star Wars news and uh, oh and you know something we forgot to mention from the Kathleen Kennedy panel she also spent a good amount of time just talking about how with episode 7 they're going to you know, focus more on the story and the characters than they are on the visuals and the effects and stuff like that and how they're going to sort of combine practical effects with cgi and all that kind of stuff and so i know that's something that a lot of people had kind of been concerned about and uh, something that people had criticized with the prequels was that you know they overused cgi and that george lucas like shot everything on green screen just because he could and to try to make it easier and all that kind of stuff. And so it doesn't seem like they're doing that with rebels or with, uh, with episode seven. Yeah.
1: It'll definitely make Mark Hamill happy. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, him yeah that. he
0: was asking for that same thing. And, uh, I guess my only concern with that, I was like, I hope they don't go too far back in the other direction. Like, because, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot before, but you know, I, I think the CGI can definitely be good if you use it right. And, um, you know, so I'm hoping they don't shy away from the CGI too much just because they're afraid of, like, fan criticism or something like that. I mean, yeah. you know, I think definitely some – especially with, you know, space battles and stuff like that, it would be great to see, you know, some big uh, some big CGI scenes that you just couldn't do with, with practical effects. But, you know, as, as long as they do a good blend of it, I think it's definitely good, especially for the actors. I think it helps their performance to have, you know, practical sets. Or at least even if you're shooting on green screen, have, you know, some practical elements there and not just have the whole thing be, you know, a blank screen behind you with nothing to look at, like for visual reference. So, um, you know, at first when I when I was reading about this, I was maybe, you know, a a little bit scared that they were maybe going to go too far back in the other direction. But then thinking about it, I was like, look, I trust these people, you know, J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, they know what they're doing. So I just trust that they're going to find a good balance and you know use enough cgi and enough practical stuff and focus enough on the story that it's just going to create a good overall blend of cool stories and a good cool looking star wars universe
1: yeah i totally agree i mean even if they she didn't say that where we're, we're going to try and find a nice balance if she would have said uh, we're going to use a lot of cg like we did for the prequel i still would have been had no problems with it because i mean ilm is the master of special effects i'm I mean, you can't get better than them, so I'd have full confidence in that. But, yeah, the fact that it's going to be balanced, I think it's going to be, I guess, a nice change to have it blend more to the original trilogy feel, since that's what it's continuing off of. So, again, like you said, I have no worries about how it's going to be either way. It's going to look awesome regardless.
0: Yeah, and she also said that, uh, you know, at this point, they're still working on the script, and that they really haven't even started, um, you know, talking about the visual effects yet. So, you know, it's also nice that they're just still focusing on story and characters and really just trying to nail that stuff down and make it as good as possible. And, you know, when when they've started shooting and once they need to start worrying about the effects, I'm sure they'll put in the right amount of time and effort and make that stuff really good. But it's nice that right now they're not sort of jumping the gun and being like, you know, trying to figure out how are we going to do these big battle scenes and how, you know, what are we going to make these ships look like and all that kind of stuff when they still don't know you know, what place those things are going to play in the story. So it's nice that they're, you know, sort of their first focus is um, just creating good characters and creating a good story for the audience.
1: Yeah. She says too, that that's like a real fun process for her to keep talking, keeping in touch with JJ Abrams. And she even mentioned Lawrence Kasdan in the, in panel, too, just how they keep having these conversations every day through Skype or through emails or whatever, just constantly talking about this story and nailing out the characters. So, yeah, like you said, it's really great to hear that that's the main focus right now, which it should be early in this stage. Yeah, which, and
0: you know, I'm kind of surprised that it's still taken them this long. I mean, it's been almost a year, or, you know, at least probably like eight or nine months or so since they hired Michael Arndt as the screenwriter. And so I would have thought that they would be done with the script by this point. But, um, and you know, if if it was anyone else on any other project, I might kind of start to be worried that, you know, this is taking longer than it should. But the fact that even though it's taking so long, it's like every time there's an interview with Kathleen Kennedy or JJ Abrams or somebody that they're saying, you know, everything's going great. And, you know, we're still working on the story and stuff, but it's, you know, it's going smoothly and it's, you know, great to work on. And it doesn't just seem like they're kind of covering it up. They're not just like, Oh yeah, you know, everything's fine. It's like, they really seem excited and passionate about it. I'm like, you know, okay. If you guys say so, you know, do your thing. Just
1: let us know when you're done. Yeah. Plus Lucas always took forever on his scripts too. So it's, it's like really nothing new to Star Wars. He was writing way, like a few days before he would start principal photography. And even then he would still be writing and changing things. So for Star Wars, for having a script still being tinkered with or, being worked out is nothing new
0: (laughs) yeah well um you know it's it's great to hear that these guys are still excited about it and you know the things are going well so i mean you know we keep saying this but i i have complete faith in those guys and they've got a great team of you know writers and producers and everything so you know as long as everything stays on track you know once it's ready to go i think they're gonna make a great movie
1: yeah you know it's funny that you just mentioned it that it's really it's going to be like a year since this whole announcement first started with disney acquiring lucasfilm just really three more months i mean we're going to be in august in a few days and it's already gonna be a year since this whole announcement took place which is really hard to believe yeah episode seven's gonna be here before you know
0: it yep it's it's gonna be awesome no doubt yeah but uh so let's see that was uh pretty much everything from day two and then day three of celebration we have the the closing ceremonies which i was kind of hoping you know since kathleen kennedy didn't uh give out any uh, any casting news i was kind of hoping maybe they were saving that for the closing ceremonies that maybe they'd send everybody home with hey by the way you know mark hamill and carrie fisher who were here at celebration are going to be in episode seven but uh you know so we bring still out
1: harrison ford <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i had thought about that i was like Harrison Ford's not scheduled to make an appearance at the convention, but what if they like snuck him out there secretly just for you know the announcement that they're all coming back? But uh, you know that still didn't happen during those closing ceremonies. But we did get the announcement of Star Wars Celebration Seven, which will be back here in the states, April two thousand fifteen. So hopefully, right before Episode Seven comes out, and that's going to be in Anaheim, California which, uh, Tim, I know we were both really excited about because we're both West Coast dwellers.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first saw it, I was I had to do a double check. Does that say Anaheim, California? It's not Florida. mean, <laughs> again, that's one of the early news stories that broke early in the morning, so I was just getting up. I actually woke up by tweet messages from a few different people, including you, when I first heard about it. I was like, okay, celebration. What? Anaheim, <laughs> California? What? I was like, yes, Yeah, so that was a great way to cap off the weekend of Star Wars Celebration year of getting that announcement. I mean, I haven't been to a celebration before, and being that it'll be literally just 20 minutes away from where I live, (laughs) I'm definitely making it to this one. And the fact that it's going to be during the year, Episode 7 is going to come out, hopefully just a month or a few weeks before it's released since it's in April. And it's going to (laughs) be, I just can't even imagine, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Also, too, when I first saw it, I For some reason, I thought it was 2014. And I kind of thought to myself, that's kind of strange to happen in April 2014. If it's that early, that means we won't get any special episode seven announcements or previews. Maybe not even Rebels, because that's premiering in the fall. I go, this is going to be kind of a lackluster celebration. But then when it's 2015, it's like, oh, okay. Now it makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, well, and you know what? It fits, too, because celebrations one, two, and three happened sort of in tandem with the releases of um each of the prequels. Yeah. And then Celebrations 4 and 5 were, you know, the same year as the 30th anniversary of Episodes 4 and 5. Celebration 6 was last year, one year before the uh, the 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, but it was sort of, you know, like the unofficial Return of the Jedi celebration and then uh so yeah, to have Celebration 7 coincide with the release of Episode 7, I mean it fits perfectly. And um, it's funny because that same day that that was announced, sort of all of us who are at Celebration 6 already started making plans to all you know meet up for, uh, for Celebration 7. I mean, um, I know Michael Cohen over at uh, Frontlines, of the Clone Wars podcast, was all super excited about it. And Matt Cranky from the Clone Wars podcast, who wasn't able to make it out to Celebration 6, who lives in California. I think when I first saw this, yeah, I tweeted you and Matt. And said, uh, you know, hey, Celebration 7 on the West Coast. And, you know, because neither of you guys were able to make it to the last one. So I'm I'm excited about finally getting to meet you guys in person because you're like the only yeah. members of kind of our podcast crew that I haven't met yet. And, uh, of course, Jason Hunt, if he and I are both still in Tucson, Arizona at that point, I'm sure we're going to road trip it out there. And, uh, you know, everybody else will be flying in. and It's going to be great to see everybody again.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Like, I can't wait for it. There's so many cool things that are going to happen during that time regarding Star Wars. I mean, like we said, with Episode 7, right when I heard that announcement, it got me thinking, could they actually have the premiere of Episode 7 at Celebration 7? I mean, how amazing would that be? And if that was the case, how hard would it be to actually get into that screening? <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. But,
1: but, you know, probably, if anything, they're going to have like exclusive clips, and I'm sure but they're going to try at least have J.J. Abrams be there, maybe have a panel to talk about it. So, and it's it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and- you know, it's
0: it's weird because I almost wish this celebration was happening after episode seven's release because then we could all be there sort of like celebrating the new movie and you know, the fact that it had come out and we could all, you know, talk about it and how cool it was and stuff. And, you know, if, if JJ Abrams or any of the new actors or anybody are there, we could, you know, sort of talk to them about like what's in the movie, but it'll still be cool to have this be, you know, hyping up episode seven too, and everybody's going to be all super excited for it.
1: Yeah. And even with rebels too. I mean, that's probably close to the season finale of the first season. So maybe they'll have like a sneak or like the premiere of the finale there or a sneak peek of what we can expect from the second season. So just those two things, episode seven and rebels, <laughs> they're just going to make it for one heck of a show, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what's funny? I, bef- I remember before going to Celebration 6 – um, I was talking to Mike and Matt. I, I might have been on an episode of Frontlines that they were doing, or I might have just been talking to Mike like a different time. But he said something about how um, sort of the main, that the, basically for him the the biggest uh, sort of the biggest reason to go to a celebration was just for like hanging out with other Star Wars fans and meeting new people and having a great time with other people who you know are as passionate about Star Wars as you are. And at the time, I was like, yeah, right, I'm going for, you know, the Clone Wars previews and the panels and (laughs) the sneak peeks and all that kind of cool stuff. Which, I mean, at the time, that was what I was most excited about, because that was right before Clone Wars Season 5. And I was like, man, Darth Maul's coming back, and we're going to get to go to, you know, we're going to get to see the uh, the premiere of the first episode. And there's going to be, you know, all the voice actors there and stuff, and we've got press passes, and we're going to get to interview people, which we didn't actually get to interview people except for getting to be on the um, the press panel or whatever they did, the press conference. But, um, I mean, that was kind of my mindset going into it. I was just really excited for all these previews and sneak peeks and new Clone Wars stuff and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, I mean, I had a great time hanging out with Mike and Crystal and Jason and Carl from the Wampus Lair and Steve Glosson and uh, Bethany and Riley from the Star Wars Report and all these guys we were hanging out with down there. And... Um, you know, now that, you know, I still keep in touch with some of those guys on Facebook and Twitter and everything. And now we're all getting excited about going to Star Wars Celebration 7 again. I mean, I'm sure when we get closer to the celebration, I'll be more excited about, you know, the Rebels sneak peeks and the Episode 7 sneak peeks and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, right off the bat, you know, that stuff isn't even really on the radar yet, because, you know, we haven't really seen anything about it yet. But I'm already excited to go and just, you know, hang out with these people that I've uh, you know, had a great time with it. The last celebration, like I said, get to meet you and Matt for the first time in person, and uh, you know, just hang out with a bunch of other Star Wars fans as we get, you know, super excited for a new Star Wars movie coming out. So it's going to be a great time.
1: Yeah, this is already a great move by the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm I don't think it'd be in Anaheim if it, uh, Disney didn't buy Lucasfilm. It would probably still yeah. be in Orlando.
0: Well, you know what's funny? I thought of that. I was like. Yeah, I I think my first thought was Anaheim. Oh, I see what you did there, Disney. You're putting it next to Disneyland because you own Lucasfilm now and you're Disney. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. The last one was in Orlando and that's right near Disney World. So, you know, it doesn't really make a huge difference. But, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm not complaining because, like I said, it's within driving distance now, even though for me it'll probably be like an eight-hour drive. But still, it's going to be cheaper than flying out there.
1: And I wonder if they're going to do any uh, tie-ins to like a new Disneyland attraction or something because – like we talked about in the last podcast, there's been rumors of expansions, at least for Disney World. And since then, I think there have been some rumblings about Disneyland, too. So I wonder if they're going to plan for the 2015, also to be like more new attractions at Disneyland to coincide with Celebration, kind of like they did with the last tour of Endor for Celebration 5. So no yeah. one's going to do anything there, which would be just another added bonus to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I actually thought about that, too, because, um, like you said, I think the original rumors for this big Star Wars expansion, we either had heard in the rumors or we were just assuming that these would be at Disney World and not Disneyland. But then I heard another rumor saying that most of the expansion was actually going to be focused in California and not um, in Florida. And so I was like, ooh, you know, this is only like a year and a half away. But, well, actually, I guess it's closer to two years away. We're still still got half of 2013 left to go. But... um
1: you know, I was like, I don't know how long
0: it's going to take them to do this Star Wars expansion. But if that could, you know, if, if the grand opening of that, you know, some sort of new Star Wars element at Disneyland was incorporated into Celebration 7, I mean, how cool would that be?
1: I know. Like, like I said, it'd make perfect sense for to try to at least uh, have that be a goal for the new Disneyland attraction, if there are any, which I'm pretty sure there will be. We'll see if it's that soon, but yeah, it'll just be a perfect tie-in to Celebration 7. Yeah, and
0: you know what? Screw it. Even if they don't finish the expansion by then, I'm still going to go over there and ride Star Tours 2. Oh, again, yeah. Because that
1: thing's awesome. I've still only been on that once, so i got to go back to it again.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we went there last year when we were there for Celebration 6, and, you know, we went to Disney World just for one night, but I went on it like three times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank goodness it has those different uh, planets you get to go to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the reason I went on a three times, yeah. because I wanted to keep switching it up and see how many of the different combinations I could get. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, the one I, when I went on it, I just got to go to Hoth and Naboo, but both of them were really cool, so I was satisfied.
0: Yeah, those were cool, but you got to keep going until you get the pod Race and the Coruscant Space Battle. Those were probably my two favorites.
1: And what, what I liked about Hoth, because it's, this is weird, this is going to be a, a story where, right when Tours first opened, like back in 86, 87, like me and my family were actually at Disneyland that day, and the park had the ride hadn't opened yet. But some of the workers there kind of said, If you guys want to go, like a sneak peek to kind of test the ride, it was like, Oh man, of course. And as a little kid, I was excited. And I vividly remember going to HOT on that first uh, trip or that first take on the Star Tours ride. But then once it opened again, it wasn't there was no HOT, it was just like those the ice meteors and everything. I was like, what happened to Hot?" And for the longest time, it was like, did I just imagine that as a little kid? Or was it <laughs> really there? So like all these years, I kept thinking of Hoth and I want that to be a part of Star Tours. So when I got to experience it on the new Star Tours for the first time, I was like, yes, maybe even though it maybe wasn't real as a little kid, it's now is really there and I could go on it. So oh, nice. that's why I really like the Hot sequence. It's
0: like, is there a Hoth deleted scene from the yes. old Star Tours? <laughs> no one will ever know
1: but did I dream it or was it really part of it? But now it doesn't matter because it is there.
0: It's a secret your subconscious will take to the grave. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, and I think I did get Hoth one of the times I went on it too, but yeah, I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun to be able to go on while we're there.
1: Star toys and hopefully more. <laughs> yeah. <Tuesday>. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Gets all hang out and have dinner at the Moss Eisley Cantina.
1: Yeah, how cool would that be? Oh,
0: man, that would be so awesome. But uh,
1: 2015 can't get here sooner than <laughs> <now. laughs> No,
0: no, it can't. Well, except we can't skip 2014 because we've got Rebels next year and maybe yeah. and maybe Battlefront.
1: I guess I'll just say this: 2013 needs to hurry up and end <laughs> so we can get to those next two years. Yeah, but
0: you know, if if we skipped ahead to 2015, we could always just get Rebels on Blu-ray and you know get Battlefront and just jump online and catch up with everybody else. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, somebody just freeze me in carbonite and wake me up when we get to 2015.
1: You do that, and I'll get to work on a time machine. <laughs> we'll <see what> happens. <laughs>
0: All right. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all the, um, all the news out of celebration. And like I said, we're already looking forward to the next one and, uh, still looking for those, uh, you know, casting and announcements and, uh, you know, an official script and sort of moving forward on production, but they've still got, you know, what, five, six months left the rest of this year before they start production next year. So I'm thinking, I'm sure things are, uh, going to work out and, it's just going to be, uh, you know, really exciting to see things get going on that.
1: Yeah, and I still have a feeling that at the Disney D twenty three Expo is when we're going to hear the announcement of the big three coming back. Oh so yeah, that that's true. That's, Europe, it has to be. That,
0: that's what two weeks from now. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, I mean, I've already heard that they're planning to announce. Um, they're planning to sort of make more detailed announcements about the Star Wars expansion. To uh, you know, Disney World or Disneyland at that D twenty three Expo. So either way, we'll probably do an episode after that convention with uh, you know any possible Star Wars news that they announce there. But if they you know if they do announce any casting information, then yeah, for sure we'll be reporting back on that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just I don't want to say hopefully it comes true, but I just have a feeling that that's it's going to be this one. It just to me it has to be because. They want to have probably a big announcement for Star Wars' first appearance at D23. And plus, it's around the same time. Like you said, there's still just a few more months left in 2013 and before they start filming. And I would think before they announce the new cast members, they're going to announce the. If they are going to be in it, which 99% sure they are, they'll announce Mark Amel, Carrie Virginaris, and Ford first. That'll be the big splash of the event. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: funny because, um, you know, at uh, San Diego Comic Con, which was last weekend, and they didn't uh I don't think there was any Star Wars news out of there but Harrison Ford was there um I yeah. think he's promoting Ender's game and they interviewed him and um you know he was talking about uh you know Star Wars and JJ Abrams and stuff and I think they asked um you know if uh if you know what he thought about JJ Abrams directing the movie or something and he said you know I think JJ's like a good choice to take Star Wars into the next generation like even if I'm not going to be a part of it which i read and was kind of slightly let down by and was like oh maybe he's actually not going to be in it but then as i was reading it they said you know they were kind of like reporting from this interview or whatever i didn't see the video of it was just reading about it but they said that he said that sort of with like a really exaggerated like playful wink towards the camera yeah like, oh yeah should... i'm i'm not gonna be a part of it when like <laughs> i can't tell you yet hint hint
1: yeah definitely check out the video because they're right yeah once you see it it's like yeah, you know you're going to be you it. Know, you you're just not allowed to say anything. <laughs>
0: yeah, so hopefully we get some of that soon, but you know it's still fun to speculate about it in the meantime. But um, yeah, so even though we didn't get any casting announcements or uh, any concrete details on the Clone Wars bonus content, we still got a lot of good stuff out of Celebration Europe, and even though we didn't get to go, it's been a fun weekend of you know staying up late and waking up early and checking Twitter all the time and seeing all these announcements come out, so...
1: Yeah, it was great. Like you said, even though we weren't there, it was just great to be a part of the excitement of these announcements coming through and just talking to each other about it and just speculating, you know, the different things that were announced. So, yeah, it was a fun weekend, regardless if you were there or not.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've had one of our longest episodes so far talking about it. So obviously a lot of good stuff to talk about. And, um, you know, it's it's been fun to to cover it all. But uh, I think that's pretty much all we've got for this episode.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a lot, but it was definitely a lot of good stuff too. So
0: yeah, yeah, lots of good stuff. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Of course, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. You can check us out on Facebook at Star Wars: The Saga Continues and like our Facebook page. Um, if you listen to us on iTunes, you can uh, feel free to leave us a review on the iTunes store. And, uh, you know, keep an eye out for our next episode or for all the news and things we post on Facebook and Twitter as we continue to look forward to Episode 7 and Battlefront and Rebels and all these exciting new Star Wars projects that are coming up in the future. So uh, it's uh, fun. It's exciting. It's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. So uh, we will be back with another episode for you guys as soon as we've got some more big news to talk about. Until then, thanks for listening and may the force be with you.
1: See everyone.